Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. The number to dial is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and remember the text line 720 0897. And don't forget that text line is also a 24 7 prayer line. And we get those questions or those prayer requests every morning, pray over them, copy them, send them off to our staff and to our prayer teams here at Calvary Church. So you got somebody praying with you, praying alongside of you. It's not just for prayer requests, but it's also for updates. Like, do you have a praise report, something that happened? Not only that, but if, during this hour, uh, they are used. That line is used to send in questions to the show. So give me a. It's only for texting. So don't um, don't call it. Don't leave a message. We never answer and never check the messages. Only the text messages. Seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And then of course we want you on the air. So call me three zero three six nine zero three thousand three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, and a shout out to everyone listening on Hope FM Radio Network, Truth FM Radio Network, Refuge FM, and a variety of, of low-power FM stations around the country. We welcome you. Remember, if you're listening on Grace FM here in Colorado, Cheyenne, Wyoming, Nebraska, all the way down, you know, 89.7 up here, 101.7 down south, uh, you're hearing it live. Unless it's said at the beginning that it is an encore presentation. You're hearing it live. So you're on the air. You're on the radio live. Everything's live. If you're on another radio station somewhere else, then you're hearing this one week delayed, which is kind of cool. And the reason it's cool is while the show's on, we're live. So you call in. Everyone in Colorado hears your question and the answer in our dialogue. And then you hear it while you're on the phone with me. So it's like you and I are on the phone. And then next week, at the same time, you can tune into your radio station and hear yourself on the radio. It's like an affirmation of the answer and the conversation. It's kind of a cool added. Now, of course, everyone on Grace FM, if you want to hear the show again, uh, just go to our podcast. And we podcast it through our free Grace FM app. Uh, and so go to your uh, app store, wherever you get apps, and just download the Grace FM app. Uh, and make sure you get the one for Colorado because there's other Grace, F Grace, Grace FMs. Uh, make sure you get ours from Colorado. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We had a wonderful time today uh, as a pastoral team. Um, we had the privilege, one of the brothers, uh, Pastor JJ, uh, in his office, we got to use their conference room just to be off-site spend some time together. We actually ended up spending about five and a half hours together uh, talking ministry and discipleship. And we, I, I put together, I've been working for quite a while, but we're almost at the finish state, finish state, finish. 
We're almost at the final stages. That's the word I wanted. On a pamphlet that I entitled Sure and Steady, Learning and Growing in Pastoral Ministry. Actually, Pastor Ian helped me with the title of that. Uh, Sure and Steady, Learning and Growing in Pastoral Ministry. It's really a team effort. My name is on it and a lot of the ideas that I brought, but it's really a team effort, whether it's design, whether it's Cassandra helping clarify, whether it's the... Then today, we spent five and a half hours in discipleship together, uh, talking about these principles, learning how to be better pastors, and and writing it or adding or subtracting things that'll make it more understandable. Uh, because we have such a diverse pastoral team, different points of views, different ways they hear things, different ways they communicate. So... In a collaborative way, uh, we spent a lot of time today, and I, I've now I've got some work to do uh, to edit and rewrite and add, and um, just so great. Uh, and so, if you're a part of Calvary Church, I just want you to know you have a a, a really good group of men that serve this church, uh, just committed, uh, wanting to grow, wanting to serve at great self-sacrifice, not for the accolades, but just that's the nature of ministry. Uh, and here at Calvary Church, we we want to serve well, and we want to be uh, men of integrity, men that can be used in higher capacity, and um, it's so good uh, to collaborate together, and I hope you have that in your church, uh, in your church leadership, um, so that you can grow in God's grace. 303-690-3000 is the number. Waiting for your calls and questions, so uh, bring them on uh, that we can uh, talk about what's on your mind uh, and what's been going on in your life. And we are uh, ready to take your calls and questions. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. And we have open lines just for you. Another thing while we're waiting for calls is we are gathering together tonight. Uh, Calvary Church uh, will be together at 7 p.m. We are no longer RSVPing, so just come as you are. Uh, come on out. We are distancing. We have, especially on Wednesday nights, we have good opportunity to distance. And then, you know, we are reasonably distancing and we are requiring face coverings uh, for now. And, we, but we are not going to be RSVPing anymore. So that ended uh, as of tonight. Um, and taking your uh, calls and questions, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Um, take your calls and your questions. Let's go to Parker, Colorado. Dennis is on the line. Dennis, welcome to... The program. Hey, Pastor Ed, how are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, we're looking forward to not having to register, although it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, we got nice used to, to it. It's nice to yeah. just be able it, to walk in, huh? <laughs> it is, and and having everything open, you know. So now we we have downstairs open, of course. So now you can use the downstairs. Um, and as we start to, you know, get to a new sense of regularity, I was just talking to Everett about this today. I just, I hope we, I I don't want us to lose the lessons we've learned, uh, because we've learned a lot and we've learned a lot about self-sacrifice and thinking of others and, but yeah, everything's open tonight. So it'll be, it's kind of weird to say it, but it'll be an interesting thing as the doors are open downstairs. Oh yeah, that's right. We can go in down there. That'll be great. Yeah. 
Well, yep. hey, listen, hopefully I can articulate this uh, properly here. So okay. my wife and I are um, in the book of uh, Romans, and we're at Romans chapter 11. Okay. And um, he's talking about uh, the vine and the, the, the tree. And in, chapter t- or in verse 22, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, he says, Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe towards those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. So yes. I guess our question is, um, we've talked. To, you talked a lot about backsliding and so yes. forth, and we're just curious: is that what he's referring to? Is, is salvation will be lost if if you if you stop obeying or if you backslide? Well, what we have is first of all, we have to identify who's he describing, um, so that we understand: is he talking about a new covenant believer, or is he talking about? It's using someone else as an example. So when you get to verse 22, it says, I'm going to read from the New King James, Therefore consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity, but towards you goodness, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in. For if you were cut out of the out of the, the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, who are natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Now, we know the example. Uh, we know the example is um, is looking back to unbelieving Jews, right? These are, as he begins this illustration to the Romans, you know, actually chapters uh, 9, 10, and 11 have kind of a break in Romans addressing the Jewish people, addressing the nation of Israel. And, you know, the this cut-off phrase, otherwise you also will be cut off, is often, I believe, misinterpreted as a Christian can lose his salvation. But the context, as we work backwards, is how unbelieving Jews were cut off. Those Jews that embraced their Messiah were not cut off. Those are the two categories. And those only those that willingly and knowingly rejected Jesus will be cut off. And I believe the same is true today. Um, I think that Paul has this evangelistic attitude that those that are hearing might not that that might be hearing this letter uh, and are not saved. Um, it's like the encouragement of, "Hey guys, you can receive." Uh, any Jewish listeners, even any Gentiles in Rome, you can receive the grace of God just like the Jews when they didn't receive. But if you don't receive it, you will be cut off. So the categories, you know, he's saying, hey, look, consider the goodness and severity of God. We know that God can uh, remove unbelievers, those that reject Messiah. And the if you continue in goodness, I mean, obviously, if we took that at its face value, we'd have a problem with that because it it then says, well, what happens when you're bad? Um, you know how it's, so he's not giving like a salvific nation, um, statement that if you, by your good works, continue with God, you, you'll continue to be saved yet. But I think the cutoff, I think this whole, this whole phrase is not describing a believer who, who can lose his salvation. I believe it's a person who rejects Messiah. And, and I believe, you know, comparing other passages together, uh, that, a person that rejects Messiah is never saved to begin with. So, so the grafting in, the grafting in is um, the salvation. 
So he's saying that yeah, if yeah, people a... choose to believe in Christ, you'll be grafted into salvation. You'll be grafted into salvation and the eternal work of God that started with the Jews and actually in Revelation will also end with the Jews. Okay, okay. So so being grafted out, what he's referring to is, could that possibly be um, when Jesus was referring to the um, the uh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit being unforgivable? Or this isn't, has nothing to do with that. This is just basically if you follow Jesus, you're grafted in. Um, and so can the Jews. Yes, and you're grafted into a new identity of Jesus, what we would call Jesus followers, what the Jews would call Messiah followers. You, ha- There is a new entity for Jews and Gentiles, and that is the church. And he's talking about the 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 joy of bringing together both Jew and Gentile into um, and really, when you when you look at verse twenty three, when he says, "And they also, if they do not continue on unbelief, will also be grafted in." Uh, God is able to graft them in again. Like the, and what he's saying is that yes, even the unbelieving Jew still will have an opportunity while they're still alive to be grafted into this new work of the church. Um, they have rejected Messiah, and we don't. You know, I wouldn't associate it necessarily. With the with the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, because we don't know about them, we don't actually know when that sin takes place. Um, that's something that is between a person uh, in their relationship with God. But as as Paul is writing this, he's remember his attention is on the Jewish people and the reality of knowing that God is able, even those that reject Messiah to begin with. Um, there he's able to graft them in again, which could also be a little prophetic of what's going to happen in the Great Tribulation period. Right. Okay. Okay. I think that helps us a lot. I think we got confused because we uh, listened to you on the radio a service about um, back uh, sliding. Yes. And uh-huh. we were also reading this, and we were thought, "Oh, Jesus, is that what he's talking about? Is this um, falling away? Is that backsliding?" Or so I think that's where we got kind of messed up here. Yeah, I think that what he's he's really stopped, like again, when you look at the context of Romans, and if you guys have been reading through together, you can go ahead and go back to chapter 8, just kind of read chapter 8 and go, wow, this is interesting, uh, no condemnation, uh, all things work together for good, nothing can separate from the love of God, and then all of a sudden in chapter 9, you're like, wait a minute, the subject seems to change when he says, I tell you the truth in Christ, I'm not lying, uh, my my." Uh, my conscience bearing witness in the spirit that I have a great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. And then here's, here's where he starts to change the tone of the book. For I could wish that I myself were a curse for Christ for my brethren, for my countrymen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites. And then from 9, 10, and 11, that becomes the focus of his, of his um, direction. That's that, you know, then he starts talking about how they rejected, but God's going to use that rejection how we're in the time of the Gentiles. As a matter of fact, by the time you get to chapter 11 in verse 25, he kind of winds it up to get into chapter 12. But remember, he says, uh, for I, in verse 25, I do not desire, brethren, this is chapter 11 now, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, that you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in, heart, in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. And so all Israel will be saved as it is written, which takes us into the great tribulation period. And that's an important, this is an important section, very, very important 
because there are segments of the church today that believes that God is done with Israel. And here's the problem with that. Not only theologically, not only biblically, not only the interpretive problems, those are all very challenging problems that a person that holds that view has to get over. But here, here is the greater problem on a simple uh, understanding of the character and nature of God. If there's no opportunity for Israel, they had one chance and they'll never get it anymore, and now God's just going to deal with the church, well, then what happens when you fail? If you only get a chance, you know, corporately, you know, let's just say the the church uh, makes a, a major mistake or, you know, we're the church individually. So if God isn't going to faith, isn't, if God will not be faithful to all of his promises to Israel, then that is a definite blow to his character. He is not a man of his word or a God of his word. And if he doesn't keep his promises to Israel, why, why would we believe him to keep his promises toward us? Yeah. And that's where these three chapters really, Paul, really the Holy Spirit inspires him, especially from his background, to give that affirmation. There's a lot of heaviness in these chapters, but to give that affirmation that God's faithful to Israel, he's faithful to the Gentile, he's faithful to the church. He will keep his promises. Amen. Okay, great. Well, that really does help us. We were, we were really struggling with this, so I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> Pastor Ed. Yeah, you're welcome. And and just to go back to what was on the radio today, because I picked up a little bit of it when I was driving today, the that idea of backsliding is is very similar to what Jesus taught about the prodigal son. And backsliding is always a bad idea. It's never wise for us to live in compromise, never wise for us to live in sin, never wise for us to walk away from the Lord, to take our chances. Never, never, never. But for a true believer, backsliding is the right word, even though it gets misused sometimes. It's the right word that would describe a true son and a true daughter living in ways that are not pleasing to their father. Just like the prodigal son. Remember, he there was actually two prodigal sons. One stayed, one went. And they didn't live according to their father's desires. They didn't honor their dad, especially the one that left. He basically was telling his dad, I want you to die because I want my inheritance now. And his dad was gracious to him, gave his inheritance. He wasted it all. He just lived a horrible life. That's what prodigal means. It means a riotous, sinful life. But as the, if you can picture in your mind, and I think Jesus gave us this story, for truth, this parable for many different reasons. Um, but if you think of it in your mind, just for a moment, you got dad at home and his son goes to the city. His son makes bad decisions. His son disobeys his dad. His son wastes all the money. His son does everything wrong. And I emphasize that each time I said it. Of all his behavior that was ugly, bad, horrible, he never stopped being a son. And that's the true believer. That's why it's so miserable to backslide. It is so horrific because you, you're you sinning against no, a person, not you, but a person is sinning against knowledge. It's kind of like it's kind of like us. It, it's one thing for a, a toddler to touch a hot stove because they don't know better. But how much worse is it for you and me to take our hand and place it on the hot stove? We know better. And backsliding is what a believer does, living a life of temporary misery until they come back to the Lord. 
Okay. Yeah, there's no no defense at that point. Although ignorance yes, is you, not a defense, but that's not a defense <laughs> if you know better and you still do it. Yeah, and you never stop being a son. And some people interpret that as, well, then I can just do whatever I want as I son. Well, yeah, you know, you can do whatever you want, but it does, it, it reflects, number one, if you love your father, you're going to change your mind eventually uh, to please him. You're going to want to please him because that's what love does. And t- secondly, a person that goes, well, you know, I can do whatever I want because I won't lose my salvation. Well, then they're just asking for misery upon misery. And I don't yeah. want to live, I already live my life in misery. I don't want to live in any more willful misery ever. As my wife always said, I, I'm done with the wilderness. <laughs> That's right. I, I am too, even though sometimes I, I uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, man, what's this sand between my toes? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. man, I, I've, I've got to come to him again and, and humble myself and ask for his strength and his provision. So that's good stuff. I'm glad you're putting pieces together as the Holy Spirit is in, encouraging you. We are. Thank you so much for all your teaching, Ed. We, we so greatly appreciate it. You're welcome. God bless you. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. So we will be together tonight, 7 o'clock. I know snow's supposed to roll in, um, but we're going to be together, and it's supposed to— uh, depending on what weather app you're looking at, it's supposed to come after service, but we'll be together. Uh, everything's open tonight, so you can come in downstairs. There's no more RSVP. Uh, we are um, we are following reasonable distancing, and we are requiring face coverings on the property. Um, and you know, you you'll just like the brother uh, just shared. You'll get used to it. Uh, it's uncomfortable for sure, but you'll get used to it, and the Lord will use it. Misty in Loveland, Colorado. Misty. Welcome to the program. Hi, can you hear me? I can, yes. Hi. Hi. So I had a question about, um, I've been kind of on the fence with this topic for a while now, but I'm a mom of two girls, ages 13 and 10, and I don't know if I should be homeschooling them. Um, I'm looking for biblical wisdom and instruction on this topic because I feel like I spend a lot of time kind of backing up some of the things that they learn in public school or private school for that matter. And I feel like if I'm putting in that much effort to like reteach them what they're learning according to scripture and what yeah. God's view is on the topic, I might as well just be homeschooling them. But the idea sure. is overwhelming because of <laughs> what it would take <laughs> to be able to be the mom, the provider, the teacher, everything. And I'm just, I am praying for God to show me. I know he gives wisdom to those who ask for it, but I also yes. need some godly counsel on this topic. Well, we, Marie and I, and I, I say Marie and I, but Marie carried the heavier part of the load, homeschooled all of our children all the way through high school. And if you would have, if you would have told us when we, you know, obviously when we weren't saved and even as new believers that that was what we'd be doing with our life, we would not have been able to tell you. It was one of the most challenging things uh, that we participated in as a family uh, and challenging in every way. Um, however, it was also one of the most rewarding things that we've ever done in our family. And it was very beneficial in many different ways uh, to have the privilege because, you know, even as you're wrestling with this decision, not everybody listening in has the privilege of wrestling with this decision because of their circumstances and finances and such. Homeschooling isn't an option for them. And, and, and so just the fact 
you know, that we can just start with rejoicing that you can even consider it and that your heart is for your kids and, and you want to not, you know, you're all, you, you see yourself already investing time in them and maybe even affirming or undoing some things they're learning so that you can teach them biblically. And you're like, well, I'm so close anyway. Um, what I might as well step, I, I, or at least I might as well consider stepping into a deeper role in our family. And so the way we approached it was it's homeschooling. Number one is not for everyone. Uh, and it's, it's super challenging and it is super rewarding. It's very hard on primarily the mom who is taking the, the weight of responsibility for instruction. So moms uh, can have really good days and really bad days and, and if their kids aren't doing well with the report cards, the moms have a tendency to take that heart as well and and on and on. However, um, you know, if the Lord's calling you to do it, he's going to give you the strength to do it. He's going to give you the grace to do it. Uh, he's going to learn how to adapt your family. You're going to enjoy the extra time with your kids. You're going to be creative. Um, you're going to be tired. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be everything that a mom is already. Um, but y- you won't regret it if you decide to homeschool, you won't regret it. And one of the things Marie and I learned uh, is that it's a year by year decision. So even making a decision to homeschool doesn't mean you're making it forever. Um, you can just make it for a one year if that's if you, you and your husband are in agreement and you think you know this is what we want to do. It's not a forever decision. Um, I, I think there's great biblical foundation for us to take responsibility for the education of our kids, um, and that can be what you're already doing. Um, affirming or or redirecting what uh, what might be learned in public school or even private school, or it could take the form of you homeschooling. So it's not like you're disobedient right now. You're very involved in the life of your kids. Um, but as I look back, I think my kids would say the same thing because they're all adults now, and you know they're my last one's just finishing up college, and I think they would all say they enjoyed it. We got a, it came with a lot of freedom, you know, it came with a lot of freedom. And my particular role as a pastor is I traveled a lot and I, so I could take the kids with us, you know, we could take homeschooling on the road. And, um, so there was a lot of flexibility and, and, uh, you know, the looking back, they all made it through college. You know, you kind of think, I don't know how if I, there did come a point too, where they, they were learning things that we had forgotten or we weren't really good at instructing, but then we connected with, a Becca and the ministry and we started getting DVDs and stuff and they learned on DVDs and we're super happy we did it. It was super hard, but I, I, I'm, we're super happy we did it. Thank you. Thank you for that feedback. You're welcome. How exciting. So let me pray for you. I think we might be coming up on a break, but let me pray. Father, I pray for my sister as she um, just really is wrestling with such a great step of faith. And either, either way, whatever way you lead her, God, you know uh, that uh, you, you, either way, she's going to be fine for her kids. Like, God, you've got her kids, you've got her home, you're the center of her home, and, and I pray that if she's really on the edge and fearful, um, Lord, just give her the faith to take a step of faith. Just give her that faith she doesn't already have and affirm this opportunity to uh, love her kids in a new, special way. Um, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and I got, we got a couple seconds. Um, I think they're, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with Check, um, the homeschooling organization here in Colorado. Yeah. So I'm already, um, cause I am a single mom. I did okay. when COVID okay. happened, I got registered with Check and the okay. 
um, HSLDA. I got all mm-hmm. of that organized, but then I got really overwhelmed. Okay. So I enrolled them yeah. back in school, and now I'm like, I should have stuck with it. And <laughs> I've just been kind of going okay. back and forth. So. so then my thought was, you know, if God has given you, even as a single mom, I know it's a tough time, but man, if a single mom, you could pull it off. Um, it would be so, so beautiful for your kids. And, and then my last thing I was going to say is if you tried it and it didn't work out, it doesn't mean you failed. You tried it. So praise God you tried. Amen to that. Thank you so much. Okay, Misty. God bless you. Bye-bye. You as well. Bye. All right, we're coming up on the hard break, and then we just got a, a few minutes, and then we'll be back for the second half. Um, Cody up in Fort Collins, you're next. And then uh, we've got open lines. So give me a call. Text me, 720-336-0897, 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome everyone to the second half of today's program. This is Calvary Live. If you're just tuning in, it's a live broadcast here from the studios at Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado. You guys listening uh, on Great Hope FM, Truth FM, Refuge FM, uh, it is live as we're recording it, uh, and if you are uh, listening to it, it's one week delayed, but it's live on Grace FM, so glad that you joined us. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number, uh, and we are taking your calls. we got open lines, uh, and I was... Listening uh, to the break on on Grace FM, and it was one of the spots was running that says, "Hey, uh, we receive and request your financial support, and we do. This is a nonprofit, non-commercial radio station that is run by a church, and we're not a radio company. We're not a radio corporation, and your gifts mean." so much to us because we on, we have ongoing uh, we have ongoing expenses uh it's although you it's kind of cool you know the way things are set up you get to turn on your radio it comes into your radio for free and you know you get to use it that way but uh it's not free in so many different ways uh and we have ongoing costs you know electricity alone just electricity alone uh or tower rent or computers or staffing and on and on licenses oh my goodness that what we have to pay for licenses uh, to play music and such and and so i just want to say first of all thank you guys that support grace fm you can go to our website gracefm.com gracefm.com you can set up your giving there or through the app it all comes to the church you know it gets segregated it came in through grace fm but it comes all to the church and and it just whether whether it's supporting ongoing operating costs or it's supporting ministry, it's 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 ministry. It's it's changed lives. It is all that that God wants to accomplish through a church. Because Grace FM is a part. It is great. It, Grace FM is Calvary Church. It is a ministry of us. We run it like a like a ministry uh, because it is. And so your support. It doesn't matter if it's a million dollars or it's five bucks. It doesn't matter. Set it up. Send it in. And listen, if you're listening to this on another station, support the station you're listening to. So if you're on Hope FM, 
man, support Hope FM the same way. Don't send it to us. Send it to them. Uh, if you if you're listening on Truth FM or Refuge FM, every local Christian radio station, and I don't mean the big ones, you know, like the larger music only stations that are corporations, but stations like this that give you the Word of God continually, not not businesses but ministries. You there's there's always room for more resources. And uh, so do, go for it. Join us. Be partners with us. I mean, when you hear a testimony, that the, the Lord is at work. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So go to gracefm.com or your local uh, radio station, and they can tell you how to do it and get online. So we're going to head out to South New Jersey. Uh, Joe has been waiting. Joe, welcome to the program. Let's hey, Joe, you're on the air. Can you hear me? I can now, Joe. Yes, sir. Okay, it's great to listen to you, and God works in great ways. I canceled my XM subscription in the car because I wanted to stop hearing politics, and I came yes. up with your station right away, and I can't huh. get enough of you. And you are great. That's awesome. You really, That's... you really make it in layman's terms, and you talk. I could listen to you all day. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, all right, I what can I do for you? I do have something to share, and I know God says nobody has a problem that's unique to them. I forget the okay. exact wording. And uh-huh. I know when we die and everything, we get to heaven because of His grace. We don't earn it. And I, sure. I walk in the life pretty good. I have one area that I struggle with. Um, to be blunt, God gave me a talent I thought I was going to make a lot, a lot of money in. And I okay. live comfortably. I don't need the money from me. But I really thought I was going to make millions with this talent and be able to donate 100% of it and give hospitals and St. Jude and churches big money. And I know he says that the lady that gives a penny gets into heaven sooner, but in my heart I could swear this talent was going to make me millions and I was going to donate millions to good causes, to to animal shelters. And if I was dying tomorrow, uh, instead of saying, God, I know I'm getting your gift, I really can't shake the thought that I might be saying, God, I know you gave me this gift, and I didn't fulfill it, and I let you down, and I can't shake that. Uh, were you were you born? Were you raised a Catholic? No, I'm actually Jewish, Jewish, and I came okay. to and what do you call it, um, where everybody's allowed to a regular church. Uh, I forget what they yes. call it, and uh, I've read the Bible okay. about 15 years, and. I challenge anybody to find one word wrong in the Bible that doesn't make yes. sense. Okay, so the reason I'm asking that is because, you know, that sometimes we live with this overarching shadow of guilt, like we've never done enough. Some people just live that way. They Maybe they were raised that way or in a religious tradition that really uses guilt as a motivator. And God doesn't use guilt to move and motivate us to service. He does use guilt to reveal to us our sinful failures to lead us to repentance, but he doesn't use guilt to reward us or make us do more as sometimes humans will do. And as you're, as you are looking to shake that feeling that God will be disappointed in you, uh, remember that disappointment is directly related to our expectations, you know, and our expectations in someone. For example, if, if, uh, I, I read, I said, Hey Joe, um, you know, I want, I want, 
I really want you to be kind on this call and I want you to give a million dollars to Grace FM. And you didn't. You were really mean and you gave a penny or something. You know, I, I'm trying to come up with a silly illustration. I, I could say, well, you know what, Joe? You disappointed me, man. Man, I'm disappointed in you because, you know, you could give a million dollars and and uh, you could be nice to me. And, and here I am laying on a guilt trip for you and I'm expressing my disappointment. But the reality is, is I had the wrong expectations for you. I shouldn't be disappointed in you. one chase in case you have to get to other callers. Where it really no. comes down to in my cut head. Out, cut to the is, chase. Yeah. Is I, is I look up to God and I say, God, why did you give me this talent if not to be able to use it? I know I'm happy in the rest of my life, but why am I hitting dead ends in an area? Again, really cutting to the chase. I look up, God, why did you give me this talent not to use it? Part of the reason, I don't know the exact answer to that, but part of the reason is exactly what you're experiencing right now. It is the reason I can answer that from what you and I have shared today. One of the reasons why God has given you this talent that you're not able to exercise right now is to bring you to a place of being at the end of yourself, end of your resources, end of your expectations, end of your writing the story for your life, and it stops you in your tracks, and you start to cry out to God, you start to draw near to Him, you start to pray to Him so that He has your full attention, so that either, I mean, a, a whole kind, all kinds of things can happen from that, but He's allowed this circumstance in your life to bring you to a place of closer relationship with Him. And He's teaching you that your life and His love for you and I, I think of how the Bible says that you, Joe, are accepted. You are accepted in the beloved. What that means is, is you are, there's nothing more you need to do. There's nothing more. Your faith in Jesus Christ, Messiah, has made you accepted. If you never made another dollar, if you were homeless, if you were naked, if you, uh, what, whatever circumstance in life cannot change that you are loved and cared for, and accepted by God. And he stopped you in your tracks of this talent you have, this desire you have, this even, you know, all these things that you want to do for God, and God is try stopping you for a second and say, okay, Joe, understand this. If you never did one more thing for me, I love you, and you are accepted. I think until I get rid of a certain percentage that thinks he will be prouder of me when I pull this off. I don't think I'm going to be able to pull it off. You're exactly well, right. And yeah, you, I think you're right, because he won't be any more proud. I don't care if you give a million dollars or a bajillion. doesn't matter. He will not be more proud of you because he sees you in his son. Like you and I, we, we will never do anything in our entire lives. Like for me, I have some responsibility in a church. I get to be on this side of the microphone, but I'm no better than you. God's not more prouder than me than he is of you. We're both, and, and I'm careful with these words, and I'm including myself, but we're both miserable, wretched sinners that have been saved by the grace of God, and we are equal in the sight of God. He doesn't love me more, doesn't love you more. He's not proud of me more. He's not proud of you more, and the circumstances of life are being used by God to exactly, you hit it on the head. There's a part of pride in our lives. There's a part of Man, God, I, 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 I have a hard time thinking you will love me unless I do this. And God's saying, well, you're going to be fr frustrated for a long time, Joe, until you realize I love you no matter what. 
I think I'm do that 90%, and he ain't going to let go until <laughs> I give him the other 10%. <laughs> well, let us know because I think you're on a you're on a journey and God and already. I mean, just a simple decision. You're like, you know, I don't need this this Sirius XM feeding me all this stuff anymore. I don't need it. Cancelled. And then the Lord's saying, No, Joe, I got a better thing for you. I want to feed you spiritually. I want you to. T- you're listening on Hope FM, right? It's ninety-seven point seven FM in yeah, I think uh, in South New Jersey. Yeah. Yes, yes. So here you are. God says, I've got something so much better for you, and that's like the picture of the rest of your life. You're amazing. You're great. Continue. See you, brother. God bless you. Thank you, Joe. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking my call. Uh Uh-huh. 303-690-3000, up to Fort Collins, Colorado, from Jersey to Fort Collins. Cody, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Hey, what's up? Hey, um, well, I guess I, I had kind of a question about, um, I mean, I, I kind of feel almost uh, unevenly yoked, but not, not in the sense like me, uh, with me and my wife. We, we're both believers. Um, she grew up in a really religious home, and I, I grew up without anything or without having okay. God in my life. Yes. And, um, like, so she kind of went from the extreme of being under the law and, like, practically Mennonite. And, um, so now, uh, coming up, like I've, I've been listening to Grace FM for the last couple of years and it's been really feeding me a lot listening to you and, uh, all, just all the other guys on there. Um, yes. It's been such a in my life. But, um, so the subject came up the other day between me and her that we kind of disagree on. Uh, she was listening to, uh, I can't remember her name exactly. It's Kat, Kat Kern or something. Okay. But anyway, what everything that I hear coming from this lady that's preaching, um, it it doesn't seem to be lining up with what we're called to do. For like, I, I I really agree with how you guys go about teaching the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and explaining God's word to us. But what this lady was talking about was more more just like your you're okay however you are kind of a thing and um what what did she say exactly what did the teacher say i it's like a couple of the things that really stood out to me was she talked a lot about heaven that she had been to heaven and stuff and um like i'm sorry and and Um, what was the so in in light of what she was saying you know first of all um, people that purport to go to heaven and make a big deal about it, I, I'm very biblically skeptical of them because we have an example in the Bible of Paul the Apostle who went to heaven and didn't make a big deal about it. He says, "I, I think I, I was I was in heaven. Uh, I I you know he actually even speaks about it in the third person. And I know a man and that that was caught up into the third heaven and he doesn't make a ministry out of it. He doesn't make a big deal about it. He goes, I, I saw things I can't even say. Like if he saw things that can't be said, I don't know why these guys and gals for that matter think that they can just come back with a full report of heaven. It just, it doesn't fit the biblical model of how God deals with heaven. But so I, I would probably discount her teachings just on that alone. Yes, absolutely. Um, my, so I was, Basically, I was asking my wife, "What, what is your reason for listening to this lady?" Because, like, I okay, good. Listening to 
her for like the last six months or so, and I hadn't said anything. But every time I did catch what she was saying, it she was just that's all she would go on about about like um, this guardian angels and um, all these things that are in heaven. Of like she was explaining like a mountain range that was there and how mansions are set up and stuff and being with God and everything. <laughs> and it just it's like it's bogus. It's all bogus. Okay, so okay. that's good. So you asked the right question, and what did she say? I mean, her her response was um, that because of, apparently for me, I need to be like the way I'm being spiritually fed is through a teacher like you, where yes. she wants it. She's looking for a preacher because sure, I, and I see that as like the way that she grew up being really under the law and very strict parents on everything but that which they've gotten they've gotten so much better now they've they've come to the light and seen what they did was wrong in their childhood but i feel like it's really hurt her a lot more than she's saying probably so there's so you you have come to a place in your marriage and a great opportunity to what i would say is leading and discipling your wife and it will be it will be challenging because of your guys's background and it will be challenging because there's already some influence in your wife's life that is not you know the way you describe it, it's not very positive not very helpful um and all that does is pose an opportunity for you to learn how to love your wife in a way that she'll begin to trust you more with these types of things right now it could be just a big argument and you know you don't know and I need this and you need but eventually the language in your home will be we not you not me but we we learn together we grow together we receive the word together and it doesn't happen overnight um, it, it is a, a opportunity a lifelong opportunity for you know the longer you're married the closer you get and and so do you guys go to church at all uh, we haven't been, no. Uh, we've been in Colorado for the last just over two years now. Okay. Um, the last church that we were attending, um, we, we moved here from Wisconsin, and my brother is a big part of that. He's gone through ministry, okay. ministry school and everything, but they were that church was kind of the opposite extreme of the law, where they, they call it love church, and they literally say, like, you can come as you are, and like, God loves you no matter what you're doing, and like come to church drunk or whatever, and it's okay. And it's, it was just kind of the exact opposite extreme of the law. So, so I think the first step, without trying to change everything, or um, there's a couple things that come to mind. Number one, I have a good friend up in Fort Collins, a great, solid Bible teacher. He used to be on Grace FM. Uh, he'll probably be back on Grace FM again soon. Uh, but it's it's the Calvary Chapel there in Fort Collins, and I was just up there. Um, geez, I, I think it was last year, just at the end of 2020, teaching for him. And he and I have been friends since I moved to Colorado 21 years. If, if you can, if you guys can start to go to church together, now COVID's over, you can start to go back. And that's a very trustworthy church. I know the pastor. I know him personally. They're, he, he and his wife are very good friends of our family. And, to be together in fellowship, to be together under the same teaching would put you guys so ahead in your relationship with one another. It would just, uh, it will, it will help you guys a lot. 
Um, and, and I would start there because that's where when you guys are getting fed and nourished biblically together in the same place at the same time physically under a pastor with we were just talking about this in our time with pastors this afternoon. Like, you know, the big wave today is that everybody's because of COVID, everybody, everybody's got a new pastor. It's some YouTube person, somebody on Facebook. They're my pastor. They're my pastor. They're my pastor. Even sometimes people refer to me because of the radio as their pastor. But I'm I can't be pastor in that sense because I don't know you personally. I don't have the ability to speak into your life. Like, you're, if you were a part of Calvary, then you'd be under the care of the elders and the pastors here. But otherwise, I can just give advice. I can just give direction, and nobody on YouTube can do that. Like, they're they're just like, you know, like this gal. She's spouting things that is catching people's ears, but she's talking nonsense. And I, you know, I don't know that I would go right after that and go, you know what, honey, that lady's talking nonsense. But if you feel like it, you can. And so who are you to say that? Well, let's just test what she says by God's word. And well, there's many mansions. Well, what does she mean by many mansions? The the Greek word there actually means dwelling places. It doesn't mean we're going to have a bunch of houses like Beverly Hills. It's a place of abiding. It's the whole point of heaven is not going down, you know, whatever fancy street in Fort Collins. I don't know what it is, and seeing a bunch of houses. The whole big deal of heaven is Jesus. And you, I know you may not be in your place in a walk right there yet, but you will. You can get there, and you can look things up, and you can have Bible answers because the whole thing is not to make a big argument about it in our marriage, but to let the Bible be the authority in our house. It's my authority, it's my wife's authority, and if we will just both agree to believe what the Bible says, not what Ed says, not what Grace FM says, not what this lady on YouTube says, but I'll tell you what, the more you know the Bible, as you're learning this personally, the more you know the Bible, the quicker you'll hear weird things and go, man, that's not in the Bible. Right. And it sounds like your wife's just not there yet. I really like. I, I mean, I, I'd like to also ask if you could uh, pray with me on it too. She had, she you was, bet. I up again the other night, and she said when I did question her on it that it kind of like fed her up that she didn't want anything to do with like pastors right. and teachers or anything. That it almost made her even like question her own faith, and it's, it's kind of a really scary deal for me to hear that from her. Yes. Okay. So here, here's one last piece, and I will pray for you. Um, I know it's startling to hear it. I know it's sad to hear it. You even said it's scary to hear it, and that's all normal. Um, but you, you have God has brought you to a place of leading your home and leading your wife. And it's not as easy as just going home and telling our wives what to do. They they need to see love. They need to experience love. They need, and and it is challenging, uh, especially when we don't see eye to eye spiritually. Um, when we don't see eye to eye spiritually on things, you know, it can be of great difficulty in the home, but that that's okay because as long as they're, I mean, it's not okay. Like it's the right way to live, but that like, don't, um, be careful not to overreact out of fear and build right now, build on those things that you guys have in common build on those things that you love. You know, if you have to, you hear it again and say, you know, you may just say, please, honey, just stop listening. Could you could you just agree not to listen to her for a while or whatever it might be? But this is, you're in it for the long haul. And it's a little scary right now, 
but you're in it for the long haul. And just being able to, um, just for her to be able to receive that love and care from you, even if it's not noticed, even if it's not received, just know the Holy Spirit's going to use it. Because when you obey God's word, God honors it. And I'm actually teaching tonight on the uh, in First Peter on the role of the wife. Next week I'm going to be teaching on the role of the husband. And you know, there's really great insights in that Peter gives us on marriage and on what it looks like to be married. And and um, let me make a recommendation to you as well. You can get a book that you can start working on uh, right away. You, do you have something to write down? I do, yeah. Okay, I want pick up this book. You can get it on Amazon, or you can get it on our. You can also get it on our um, on our store. I'm uh, actually get it on our store. Um, it's calvaryco.store, and the book is "Married and How to Stay That Way." Married and How to Stay That Way by Steve Carr. And man, it's so good on building a marriage together. And you might be the only one reading it right now. That's okay. God's equipping you to lead your family. All right. Thank you very much. Never too late. All right. Father, I pray for my brother and uh, his marriage. I know that these are scary times and challenging times. And and just, you know, we we just need help. My brother needs help in his marriage. I pray for his precious wife and even some of the trauma and things that she carries around from where she, um, from where she went to church and grew up and just things that are long-lasting. Um, I pray that she would trust her husband and that even if she doesn't as much as she could, that little by little uh, she would um, add to her trust of her husband so that together they can worship. And also this fascination with heaven, God, what is it in her heart? Um, it's a good to be fascinated about heaven. It's good to think about heaven. It's, it's glorious and it's wonderful. But what is it about heaven and this particular teacher that's caught her attention that you might then fill with a reality and truth of how you describe heaven and what you have revealed about heaven and what your word has to say about heaven and the glorious hope of heaven that is all ours by faith. So I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Ed. You've been such a blessing. I've used you in my life in so many ways over the last couple of years. I want to grow my faith. I can, I can, I can never thank you enough for all that you do for, for the radio ministry. And I'm very blessed. Thank you, brother. Stay in touch. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, I want to remind you of any of the books that I mentioned, uh, they are available on our website. Uh, it's a nonprofit. It's part of our church, calvaryco.store, calvaryco.store. Even if you're just looking for uh, books that will help you spir- grow spiritually, books that, that we have a very small store. We did it on purpose so that our resources can, we, won't, we don't have everything, but we have very precise curated books uh, and resources and gear um, that is available to you. Um, and you can trust everything on our website, CalvaryCO, that stands for Colorado, dot store. I know it's kind of a weird uh, website, but it works. You know, They got just like our regular website, CalvaryCO.church, 
that they they sold those endings now, so which is kind of cool. So Calvary CO stands for Colorado dot store, and these resources that I recommend are available there. If you're hurting, you're going through pain or grieving, or just really wrestling with uh, the realities of COVID and sadness and sorrow, I want to remind you that our book just published. It's called God's Help for the Troubled Heart. Years and years in the making, we finally finished it, uh, and it was birthed out of the death, the untimely and sad death of my son, Eddie. Um, and out of the grief there, I started a blog, and we taught these Bible studies, and we edited them into a book form. And the testimonies have been unbelievably beautiful and encouraging, um, so, so beyond what we expected, above and beyond what you could think or ask. God's help for the troubled heart. You can get that at calvaryco.store as well. I know that God will use it in your life. Get it as a gift. I just got an email from, or a letter, actually a typed written letter uh, from someone that received it as a gift in Florida and wrote me a letter about how much God used it in their life. And I was just like, man, bless this person, Lord, and bless the people that gave it as a gift. And if you're wondering you know, about books and the, the way this book is handled is anything through Calvary, all the resources go to missions. So it's not like personally coming to me. It's um, all the re- all the books that go through Calvary CO. Um, all the resource net resources go to missions. Isn't that awesome? Not only are you helping somebody, but also a portion of your gifts going to our missionaries. We send them a big check at the end of the year. It's awesome, and it blesses them around Christmas time and the New Year. Come out to church tonight, seven o'clock. CalvaryCO.church, Southeast Aurora. See you then. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.